You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. We're the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. Hope you guys had a very happy new year, a very safe one, as I mentioned. And we're going to give you a show. We're giving you a show today bringing you in to 2021 the right way by talking about the Charlotte Hornets and their two and two record after their win Wednesday night against the Dallas Mavericks in a huge, huge way, just destroying the Dallas Mavericks after we thought nada, they would be two and two, but in a very different way, beating OKC and Cleveland, losing the last two games of this four game stretch that they're on. And instead it's been the exact opposite. One way it's been the exact opposite is the fact that Borrego actually has some legitimate options to go to on the bench. And I thought this was going to be a team that had some fun depth, Nada, but I, I, I use the term legitimate because I, I, I don't know if I thought it was going to be real depth that you could go to that had guys coming off of the bench and, and really help you win games. But you're getting Miles Bridges and LaMelo as the best players in this past game against Dallas. We gave both. If I could split the game ball in half and give it to both of them, then then I would. And that's essentially what we did on that podcast. And you're talking about your sixth and seventh guys coming off of the pine. And and Jalen McDaniels comes in. We talked about him having his best game on Wednesday. You are going to the Martin twins. I I would disagree with some of this. And we're going to get to the Malik Monk piece, by the way, that Rick Bennell wrote. I want to get to that in the second segment because it was really well done. And Malik offered a lot up to everyone. I want to get to all of that. I think the bottom line, though, is you know, even if I think Malik should getting be getting playing time over maybe a couple, you know, the Martin twins and certainly Caleb, um, certainly Caleb, then, you know, it, it goes to show that there are options here, Nada, and, and even when Cody Zeller comes back, it's going to even be more enhanced. No, it absolutely is going to be enhanced. And I think the biggest thing is this team in two years, and this is a testament to what Mitch Kupchak has done in his three years here, is that he's built legitimate NBA depth, something that the previous regime was never really able to do, and he was able to do it via second-round draft pick and picking guys that had a set skill that were NBA-ready at that time, even though they were limited in other aspects, and said, okay, this is where you trust Greensboro to do this. This is where you trust a guy like Nick Friedman to bring this out of them because now you've seen it with Jalen McDaniels, the Martin twins, and soon to becoming Grant Riller and either Nick Richards or Vernon Carey. At some point, this team has decided we are going to be a role player factory. We are going to develop these guys and have them ready. And also, and when we have these discussions about depth on this team, then you're going to start talking about what Miles Bridges and moving Miles Bridges to the bench and what that means. So you're having a guy that was a starter that is a starter caliber guy in in this league, or at least I think he is at this at this point in his career. He's a starter starter caliber guy, and now he's becoming a rotation guy. I think that yeah, naturally I, strengthens your bench. So when you have that, you add Lamelo Ball. There's a depth here that you haven't seen in the Charlotte Hornets since probably the '90s, if not 2002, and that's very very well, exciting. 
If we go back to that Hornets team that actually got to seven games in the first round, I think you're talking about maybe a little bit there. You know, at least you had Jeremy Lin coming off of the bench, but you're right. Like as far as just some guys that even have potential to grow into something, um, then you're you're looking at some players here with McDaniels continuing to trend upward um, with, you know, hopefully we'll see what the Martin twins are able to do. And then you look at, uh, um, the guys that are in the starting lineup, not a, you know, we talked about Devonte Graham yesterday and Devonte, you know, how I'm paying attention to a shooting, just kind of looking at what he's doing. Um, I'm hoping that it goes up, but you talked about maybe putting Devonte to the bench and either way, you're going to have a strong backcourt player come off of the bench, whether it's Lamelo or Devonte. I just wonder how much of a possibility do you think that is? And it might be seem crazy to say about your third overall selection, but also Devonte was the best team was the best player on the team last year. And you know, it's someone that just isn't shooting nearly as well. And now he's not the best player. It's clearly Gordon Hayward. Terry Rozier was playing a lot better still defensively kind of drives me crazy a little bit, but offensively, man, he's, he's doing a lot of fun things, even scoring off of the dribble. And so, you know, I, I wonder if there is a point that we get to LaMelo really starting over Devante or Terry. Cause, cause we were just talking about this in the form of Terry nada. And now we're starting to at least explore that area of possibly Devante coming off of the bench and see if that suits him a little bit. more. I don't know. Like that's the crazy part. If we're going to say, if I'm going to say someone's going to go to the bench, I'm almost willing to say it might be Devante because again, with the way that miles is uh, the steadying force off the bench, it might make more sense for Devante rather than Terry because what Terry gives you is that off-ball defense. Again, some guy that's at least willing to stay in front of a guy on defense, and I'm not sure that Devontae's there yet. Now, granted, I'm not saying Terry's any defensive stalwart either, but at this point, Terry's played better, and at the same time, how much are you going to ask that guy to sacrifice considering he's been one of probably the most offensively consistent guys in that starting lineup right now? So if you're going to have that conversation of who goes, if LaMelo starts, who goes to the bench, for right now, it's it's going to, going to be Devontae Graham, which only continues to strengthen that bench. But I'm not ready to have that conversation. Give give me at least till MLK Day to so that we can at least have a month of games, and then you can kind of have an idea of what this season is going to look like. Sure. I mean, we'll, we'll be waiting for a while. And and you're talking about, I think that just goes even more to there is some depth on this team. And, and when you're talking about LaMelo, I mean, you could see it. LaMelo taking over that spot. He's the third overall pick. Of course you could see it with with a team, you know, that drafted him that high. But, and also, you know, Miles coming in off of the bench, especially with Cody out, you know, that's the easy one. You just bring Biz off of the floor. You put him on the pine and then you move Miles to four and then you leave PJ in at small ball five, depending on what kind of matchups are there for sure. I think PJ is playing better enough now to, you know, you're not, you're not contemplating starting miles over PJ. Um, and, and plus, you know, you're, you're still doing the whole development thing with PJ too. I mean, if people are going to get and and I'm with you by the way, right? Like I, I feel like I probably was misleading earlier this week, kind of laughing at the one game over reaction. Cause I want to see more of Lamelo. just Hornets fans were really mad, but y- you, you want to see somebody get pulled or you, you don't want to see somebody get pulled if they are coming in and making shots and doing good things. But also you want to see the guys that are developing, get more playing time 
That's true with PJ too. Yeah. You know, PJ is someone that's in his second year that didn't get a full rookie season because of the way it ended, he still has not played 82 games in his career yet. And it wasn't because of injury last season. It was because, man, it, you talk about a weird two years for somebody beginning out their NBA or beginning their NBA career. You know, it, the PJ has endured that. Yes. So, uh, you, you want to see him continue to develop. And I, th- I think, again, he's he's played a lot better, but also I think that's important to keep in mind. It's like, man, this guy is a second-year player, and he did not have the normal rookie season that every other rookie usually has. And you're talking about a nine-month offseason before he even gets to play regular basketball once Yeah, again. exactly, and that's the thing. Like, If anyone's development cur- curve has been hurt the most – it might be PJ Washington. Now, granted, he didn't give him, he didn't do himself the best favors for coming out of, in out of shape and everything else like that. But if you're going to have a nine month break and it's not related to injury, it's just bad luck with a pandemic. Then at some point, we have to show a little grace here. And like when we had, I just remember when Mitch Kupchak said that there was going to be a year development, like delay between the teams that were in the bubble and the teams that weren't in the bubble. And I think we constantly forget that in this first half of the season is that there's a lot of these guys that haven't been playing ball and two weeks is not nearly enough time. And granted, I understand you're trying to fight a disease and make sure that you don't have a complete COVID cluster, but at the same time, you're wrestling that and development of basketball players. And that's why I, again, when we have these conversations about just development, when mm-hmm. when P.J. Washington is one of those guys that's affected, I think that's why we have to show him a little bit more grace going forward into this new year. And I think that's why we've also seen J.B. slightly prod him, but not completely like expose him for everything he's done wrong thus far. All right, let's talk about Bet Online AG because of some of the college football games that you're getting this weekend and also the NFL games that are ending up because the season we are transitioning into the postseason. You can bet online at Bet Online AG. There's only the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. It's Bet Online AG where you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Plus, you can visit our good friends on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business also to go into a little bit more of the depth conversation miles bridges had a comment on that by saying i've got no issues um with malik playing here too because it's someone that can come in and give you 25 and he hadn't even played yet that's something that miles bridges talked about let's talk a little bit more about malik monk in a piece written by rick bennell coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is Locked on Hornets. You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, I, you know, <laughs> I just I spend some time away from the show, and you're still the same old walker. All right, yeah, <laughs> give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun now that you mentioned it. How about, uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the noun I was going to get. A plural noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The holidays are all about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash heading into 2021. The new Locked on Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com, and he's doing an excellent job starting off of the year. Um, You can check in and uh, check in on his lock of the day for every single episode by subscribing to Locked on Bets today wherever you get your podcast. Not on Wednesday, Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer 
had a one-on-one with Malik Monk. It was a phone interview because they were down in Dallas getting ready for that game. And Malik was talking to Rick about how frustrated he was not getting any playing time because he felt like he could help this team. And he went even into a little bit of his COVID battle along with another personal loss that he had because of COVID-19. Specifically mentioning some of the quotes here, uh, Malik Monk told the Charlotte Observer that his grandma died from the virus the same week that he tested positive for it in December. He said, quote, she passed in four days while I beat it in four days. And so, you know, that's something that had to weigh heavy on Malik seeing his grandmother die from this thing, talking about Malik getting re- getting better from it just because we know how COVID-19 affects people that are under 60 different and certainly people of Malik's age differently than they would affect people who are older, 60 years old. And this is just another player who has had a family member die from COVID-19. We know about the story with Carl Anthony Towns. Before we even get to the playing time stuff with Malik, pretty heartbreaking to see that, especially with everything that Malik Monk was going like, through. There were certain quotes in there that you just hear the sadness and it was a great get by rick and that was one of the big things like that story is going to stick with me a very very long time and we're not even talking about the basketball stuff like you said his him losing his grandmother him it's like i think that's the one thing we have and i i'm using the big we we continue to forget is that this virus does damage to players families and it could do more than just affect their career. It can affect everything and affect their temperament and affect their mood. And before we even get into the basketball stuff, that's the thing that I just continually come back to is like, this does damage within families and we don't even know the extent of it to to this point yet. So, you know, Malik coming off of that, I mean, the, just the things going off of the court, some with Malik Monk's fault and some um, obviously with this not being Malik Monk's fault. You know, he, he talked about that and how it might even affect some of the stuff on the basketball court. And he's saying that there's some of this that doesn't affect what he's doing, you know, that he's all good from COVID-19. And he discusses this season, not a being huge for him. And it's no secret. Of course, this year is absolutely huge for Malik Monk, certainly about what the Hornets think of him, but also what other NBA teams think of him. And Malik even said as much. He said, this is the big one, a big step to show what I can do with other teams, not only the Charlotte Hornets, to show other teams what I can do and how productive I can be. I can't do that if I'm not on the court, but I don't control that. I thought that was interesting, Nada. So look, here we have Malik Monk. He's frustrated. Of course, he's frustrated because he's not getting on the court. You know, we may have seen some things like this from Malik before. We saw Dwayne Bacon talk about how he might be, be a better fit with a different team that kind of believed in him a little bit more. You know, I, I think this means a lot, Nada. Malik is probably going to get his shot. He's going to be thrown onto the court at some point, and he's not going to have that I don't think he's going to have a lot of leeway to struggle. If he doesn't capitalize on that opportunity immediately, then I think the writing is on the wall that Malik is out. It might already be there, but you know, I just think this, I think this quote says a decent amount about what he feels, the organization feels and what Borrego feels about. Yeah. Like I think like there's a lot of this that I am struggling with when it comes to Malik Monk, because Right now, this rotation feels like it's pretty much set, and this rotation now is playing well. So why are you upsetting the apple cart to insert Malik Monk? Now, granted, I'm not saying that he's not this, he's not good or anything else like that, but the variance of what you can expect from Malik Monk, 
it, it just go it fluctuates. Say what you want about what you get from the Martin twins, but you know what you're going to get or, you know, around what you're going to get and anything else. And if you get a little bit more, it's found money. But the one thing that coaches like is certainty. And for right now, there is no certainty with Malik Monk and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. And until there's some certainty with him and there's not these massive fluctuations where you're going to get a guy who obviously looks like he was underdrafted or a guy that looks like he shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. Until that variant stops, I can't justify putting Malik Monk out there on that court right now. That could change. Yeah. But for right now, I can't justify it. Yeah, man, I, I think we disagree on that. You know, I think Malik Monk actually played pretty well in the past two preseason games. We've talked about just the strict basketball that he played. And then, you know, I, I saw Jonathan DeLong tweet this out. And, you know, Jonathan DeLong at the Hive, you know, a great Hornets analyst with watching the team and, and putting a lot of good information out there. But he was talking, you know, discussing Malik Monk, how Malik is someone that you look at the last, basically it was the 13 games that you're really talking about with him last year. And really there was just seven of those games that he had good, good numbers. And that's true. You look at some of those seven games that he played, um, you know, you're, you are looking at a stretch between late February and, um, or excuse me, late January and going into February where there's four games in a row, he shoots under 33%, but also you look at the other stretch where he shoots above 50 for, I think six straight games with five straight games to be exact, which is nuts. And he starts that streak with uh, a 20 point performance against Orlando and a 31 point performance against Milwaukee when he goes 10 of 17. Like if you're just talking about everything included, then yeah, I think that's the stat line you take. So the basketball, what you saw from him on the court, it was good the last time we saw him out there and better than Caleb. Like I, you know, Nana, maybe you think you're a little bit more certain with what Caleb gets you. That's not me. I, I think when you look at what Malik is going to give you, I think it became a certainty that Malik was going to be aggressive, drive in the paint, make the right basketball read. He did it in the preseason game. You know, you look at his assist numbers. They were actually pretty good for the limited amount of time that he was playing. And so for me, I'm putting Malik Monk out there before I'm putting Caleb in and even Cody. I mean, I know we're talking about the defensive, you know, instincts, but man, this is someone that only played eight minutes last night. You know, the, I don't think Cody's been particularly great. So I I, I, I'm going with Malik over that. No, man. but here's the thing. Can you guarantee me that Malik can stay in front of his guy for that eight to 10 minutes or at least attempt to stay in his uh, stay on his on his guy or not bust down a defense. Can you get if because if you can guarantee me that, then yo, throw Malik out there. But for right now, the certainty of at least I know Cody the Martin Twins are going to do X on defense. That matters. Until Malik yeah, gets I mean, to that point, like I can't justify it right now. Now granted, if th this could all go sideways and the the Martin Twins defense could fall off a cliff. And then when that time comes, yo, throw Malik out there. But for right now, and I I just want to emphasize for right now, it doesn't make <laughs> um, the other sense to just like upset the apple cart. Um, I, man, you, you keep saying upset. You think people are going to be upset? I mean, Caleb would if his minutes got taken away. Cody would if his minutes got taken away. But I guarantee you, Miles and Gordon and Terry and Devontae, they're not going to be upset no, but if Caleb Martin or Cody Martin's minutes get I'm taken away. I'm not saying upset, but what I'm saying is why are you tweaking stuff when things are working for at least right now? I think that's my yeah. issue. It's working for right now. When it doesn't work, um, then switch it up. But until then, like, leave it the way it is. The other quote that I wanted to get to is he 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 discusses 
the outside perception of him. And he says, quote, people don't think I work. I do everything quietly. I can't put into words how hard I've worked two or three workouts a day. I'm just working until my time comes. And, you know, it seemed like it did. It seems like it was here at the end of last season. And then everything happens. And then here we are again. And so, you know, you could see Monk is frustrated, man. Some of this by his own doing, like, I don't want to completely just absolve him from all responsibility. Like, I'm not saying, oh, everybody's out to get Malik Monk and all that. It's just, yeah, you can see that he's obviously frustrated. If you're just looking at the emotion he's feeling frustrated, you know, trying to get out there on the court. And I'm sure that's not all that different from other players that would be in his position. We'll see. I'm just the, the Malik Monk situation kind of fascinating, you know, going off of what Mitch Kupchak told us all off season to the decision to draft LaMelo Monk or LaMelo ball and put him in the backcourt. Um, it, you know, to, to have the kind of depth that you have right now, it, it really is fascinating to see what is going to happen with the former first round pick. All right, let's get to the last segment today. We're going to look at the game tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. They're hurting. They're without their best player in John Moran. Are the Hornets going to be a beneficiary again because of another star player being out or being banged up? We'll talk about that next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, you no, like I know, that yeah, no, I definitely. Sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening, or were, was I just that I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't. Li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So, Nada, they got the game against the Grizzlies tonight. They are 1-3 Memphis is to start the season. Their only win, that actually comes against the Brooklyn Nets, but not the same kind of victory that the Hornets <laughs> had against the Nets because uh, Kyrie Irving was out of this game, and so was Kevin Durant. So, not exactly the same type of game that they had against Brooklyn. Still, that's their only win. And you mentioned how much they're hurting, Nada. Not only is John Morant not going to be suiting up for this game, they also don't have Jaron Jackson Jr., which is unfortunate. It's somebody that is so, so good, but just always injury-ridden. And I'm hoping that he can finally get past that. But the, the, I think the biggest thing here is you know, they could be the beneficiary once again. Hey. Nada, this is a team that got lucky with other teams' injuries last year. You get that a little bit with Chris Tapps Porzingis coming in and maybe Josh Richardson you know, being questionable but playing last night. You know John Moran and Jaron Jackson aren't going to go, so hopefully you can take advantage of yeah, that. Yeah, there's no Justice Winslow. Like, literally, there is nobody of note that's really there save, like, Kyle Anderson and a couple of the other guys, again, DeAndre Melton, those guys, they'll, they'll be there, but that's about it. And their depth is severely just diminished. They just took it on the chin from Boston on Wednesday, and this seems like the type of game that they the Hornet should win and win handily. The only problem is when we expect them <laughs> to win handily, they yeah. don't. They should have won the OKC <laughs> game. They didn't. They should have stayed within a little bit of Cleveland. Now, granted, Cleveland's look better than we've expected. They didn't. So I don't know what to expect out of this game. Like, from this from this standpoint, I'm kind of gun-shy, and I'm expecting them to lose this game because, well, th- again, this team has done nothing that what we've expected thus far. So I'm expecting them to lose this game only to be prepared for the next game. 
I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> no, you're you're totally right. It, you you can't you can't feel too good one way or another about this team, and it's something that we've learned in the past. But we thought maybe with a different roster it would change, but that certainly has no, not changed, changed the way that things have gone in the first four games. By the way, the Grizzlies, um, there a couple of their rookies are out of this game too, with Xavier Tillman and Killian Tilly both being out. Guys, we it's both wanted the Grizzlies. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and I think most of basketball Twitter, I think Memphis, I think they just look at basketball Twitter and all of the different handles that are out there and who they clamor for the most. And then they just go get that guy because they got Xavier Tillman. They got Killian Tilly and uh, they got Desmond Bain too. Yeah. I mean, that's it. it it's all people that, that everybody wanted for the draft for the Charlotte Hornets. You know, I mean, even Killian Tilly, if he falls that late, he was an undrafted guy. I believe he wouldn't even, nobody even took a chance on Killian Tilly. If I'm not mistaken, Xavier Tillman was somebody that went a little late and the Hornets could have had, they decided to go with Vernon Carey instead. I just think the Grizzlies, are they just being run by NBA Twitter, uh, NBA Twitter secret? They probably are. And it would like, it wouldn't surprise me if they were because they do a lot of the smart stuff that NBA Twitter wants and again I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of them were scouts or something like that and they're just like okay <laughs> let's scout what draft Twitter wants and then oh Xavier Tillman let's draft him 36 at a great value and let's get the likes and the retweets in the second and third now granted it hasn't <laughs> turned into wins but at this point like we'll all, again those of us on basketball Twitter will forever love the Memphis Grizzlies stretch even with Ja on the bench right now. Yeah, that's true. And they also, you know, and even Brandon Clark, I mean, I, I, I loved him. God knows I loved him, but also um, I was no stranger. I was not in the minority there. Brandon Clark, by the way, I don't know what it is about my favorite basketball players changing their jump shot for stretches this off season, but what the hell's going on? Nada. I mean, it, I, I promise I, I'm going to take away my love for these players. If they're just going to hurt me later on, <laughs> because Devin Vassell, I got tweeted. I don't know how many times I got put in somebody's mentions. I think it was like five or something like that. Hey, did you see Devin Vassell's jump shot? Yes, I saw it. I'm in fetal position in the quarter trying to hide from it. And then you see Doug texted me. He's like, what the hell? What's going on with Brandon Clark's shot? And it looks like he's putting his right foot out so in front Ooh, at his follow through. Buddy. It looks like he's going. I mean, this is someone that actually improved so much last season shooting. And like, what happens with these guys? I don't know. You know he, he's had he's had like five different forms in, you know, five different years going all the way back to his San Jose days. I, I just Brandon, I love you, buddy. Get it together. I don't know what the jump shot is doing there, but please, God, just get it together. So I'm so I stopped getting texted and I stopped getting in people's mentions. Look, at this point, like the thing is, Brandon Clark better get it together because I'm still mad that he got a first team all rookie over PJ when PJ clearly <laughs> deserved it. So, yeah. like get it together. If not, like hey, I'll 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 be okay with the slow and steady wins the race thing right now, but yo, like a lot of these guys are going to these Twitter trainers and everything else and clearly it's not helping them at all, Walker. It's in fact it's well, hurting you them. You mentioned Brandon Clark, and look, I mean, I, I think Brandon Clark deserved to be a first-team all-rookie along with P.J. Washington. If you talk about who deserved it more, maybe you could go P.J., but I think both of them deserved it. It's Kendrick Nunn, who I think a lot of people also <laughs> yeah. thought that 
PJ Washington deserved it over and, and Eric Pascal too. And how about we go to Eric or Kendrick Nunn's game log? He's out of the rotation right now for the Miami Heat. You look at what he's done after being, and, and he was a lock by the way. I yeah. mean, that wasn't even somebody that um, everybody had him in the first team, all rookie. He got 30 minutes against Milwaukee, but that was a 40, that was a 50 point blowout. And when he got all those 30 minutes, the other game he played, it was the season opener against Orlando where he plays eight minutes and then he plays, uh, does he gets a DNPCD against new Orleans. That was a win by the way. Mm-hmm. And Kendrick Nunn, um, only gets nine minutes in their win against Milwaukee the second time out. So man, you talk about that all rookie team, not a Eric Pascal. I don't think has been playing well. Kendrick Nunn, not even a part of the rotation right now. And here's PJ, even if he got off to a slow start and wasn't looking too good. I mean, just pl- clearly raising his hand and saying, hello, why the hell did I not? get first team all as he should like quite honestly as Mm -hmm. he should at this point right now and you know what that just means like hey we need to just trust in mitch regardless of who he drafts so who knows (laughs) maybe grant riller and maybe nick richards or vernon Carey turn out to be really really great and then we will continue to eat the crow that is the second round picks of the charlotte (laughs) Hornets. Yeah. All right. Hopefully that happens. Thanks again for joining us on Locked On Hornets. Thanks as always for uh, for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Have a great weekend. Continue to party and be safe if you're celebrating New Year's, whether it be with just your loved ones, maybe a limited fashion or whatever. Hopefully you guys have a good weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday to recap this game against the Memphis Grizzlies.